Hi, I'm Vanessa Anderson. And I'm Stephanie Cooley. It's time to give ourselves a moment to be real, to express all of motherhood. Mothering is beautiful. It's wonderful. And you know what? It's fucked up, too. Come hang out with us. We're the Real Motherfuckers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Real Motherfuckers Podcast. I'm Vanessa Anderson. And I'm Stephanie Cooley. It's great to have everyone here listening, and we've got a very special guest um, from Utah, right? From Utah. From Utah. Utah. (laughs) We have winter here, and um, I want to thank my sister-in-law, Amanda, uh, for introducing us, and shout out to her. We'll put her in the creds. Um, And uh, your story was one of the stories that really impacted her, and she brought it back to me, and that's how... We're connected here today. Um, Winter has a very um, powerful um, story to tell, and she tells it well, and we're excited to have her share it with our listeners. So, Winter, if you don't mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you, we would really appreciate it, and thank you for being here. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes. And thanks, Amanda, for introducing us because that was sure fun to meet her. Um, So my name's Winter Red. I do live in Utah, just outside of Salt Lake, if you're familiar with the area. Um, And I am a drug dealer. Just kidding. I'm I'm a pharmacist (laughs) by trade. (laughs) I'm sorry. I always have to introduce myself that way because everybody's like, what? Yeah. It's a, it's a legal it's a drug dealer, icebreaker. Okay? Immediate. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, Winter but yeah, white. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and I, so I do investigational studies. I love it. I just deal with all the clinical trials. So that's my kind of my day job. And then, um, I've been in podcasting for a while. We used to have a, a, a food podcast and that was super fun. Um, with uh, my husband, Lee, who is, uh, we've been married for 15 years and he's wonderful and he does all of our podcast editing and such. Um, but I have Lee and then um, my daughter, Lucy, she is eight and we um, have a son who was stillborn and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. And he would be five this year. And then um, we have our little boy who was born after Felix, who is now two, and he is a crazy man. So, um, so that's, that's a little bit about me. And, um, yeah, so that's, we love having, hanging out here, being with family and hanging out with friends and stuff. So pretty general, you know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Great. No, we would like to, um, you know, really get to know you and, and, and the fact of what you've gone through with your stillborn birth. Um, I feel like it's, a subject that um, people are uncomfortable talking to a person who's been yeah. through what you've gone through. So I think that's yeah. part of the reason, you know, we're here is to hear your story, but also to have tips from you that have worked for you on um, boundaries and ways we can help, you know, without feeling intrusive or uncomfortable ourselves to really truthfully be helpful to someone who has had this happen to them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with my son, Brandon, like we were just kind of going along. Okay. So this is the other thing that I, and I appreciate that I can talk about this is that I am, I'm 45 and Mm -hmm. I had, I have a two year old. And so, so I had Brandon, like when I was, I was going to have him at 40. And so Mm -hmm. I was considered a geriatric pregnancy. I hate that name. I, it's so rude. (laughs) I was just like, thank you for making me feel more old than I am. Um, 
And so I went to just going along, clipping along with this pregnancy. Um, we had had some, I, I just usually don't ovulate. And so I had to do some, a little bit of um, medication, but then we got pregnant and everything was going fine and um, doing really good. Like the entire pregnancy was great. He was, he was active and um, had all this, you know, little bit of morning sickness, you know, that kind of the general stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then it comes to about 38 weeks. Actually, it was about a little shy of 37 weeks. And we remember getting like, not feeling great on a Saturday. And I was like, I'm just going to lay down. And so Lee took our daughter and went and did stuff. And I, I laid down and just kind of hung out and just was not feeling great. So the next day, um, we were getting ready to um, go out. And I just remember thinking, gosh, I have not felt him move today. And that was kind of unusual for me. And um, so I said, hey, Lee, I think we might need to go just check him out and just see. I have never, stillbirth had never even, like, that word has never, ever been on my radar, had never been in my vocabulary before. We'd never talked about it with my OBGYN, nothing like that. And so, but I was really concerned because I was like, not no movement is a bad thing. So we headed to the hospital. We dropped off our daughter to our um, in-laws, my in-laws, and I just remember my husband, you could tell he was kind of, he was nervous, but he was kind of thinking, oh, it's time, you know, because mm -hmm. we're at 37 weeks. And so we got to the hospital and um, the worst, uh, so they check us in, I'm feeling really nervous. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the, the tech, right. I mean, it's just, it's usually an MA, somebody that is, or a nurse, she comes in and she starts strapping you up to things and, um, she's having a difficult time finding his heartbeat and, um, she left the room. She's like, oh, I'm going to go see if I can get somebody else to help me. I'm having a hard time finding it. And I burst into tears. And Lee is like still a little like, wait, what's going on? Because that person is trained to find babies' heartbeats. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. They find babies' heartbeats on a regular basis, and this is, should not be an issue. And she knows that she's probably like, oh, crap. I need to get back up. I need to get a doctor in here that actually mm -hmm. has the – in Utah, I think they ha they're the ones that have to actually – proclaim that there's no heartbeat it can't be from a nurse so they went out and got a doctor and they did the same thing and they just said um I'm sorry there we can't find a heartbeat and I burst into tears and just I I don't know how to explain it but it was like uh weeping just like it, it just comes from I, I I don't know where it came from but I was just wailing and weeping just because it was shocking I was like, wait a yeah. second, I've built this little baby's body <laughs> for 38 weeks, 37 weeks, and I don't even get him. Like, yeah. it was very, uh, it was horrible. Um, my husband was, you could tell he was just shocked. And um, so they kind of, it was, it was comforting though. The nursing staff and the doctors, they were just surrounded us, held us and just sat with us. And, um, and then they left the room so we could call our family and just let them know what happened. And the doctor had kind of said some, some stuff like, okay, we got it. I'll come back in and we'll just talk about what needs to happen. And when they left, my husband was like, okay, 
okay, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, I have to give this, I have to give birth to this baby. And he's like, wait, what? Like he didn't, he didn't understand that. Like I would have to still birth this baby that was not coming out any other way. Um, so we decided to go home and, um, get our daughter just so she could, we could tell her. And then she burst into tears also because she just knew she was three at the time, three and a half. She just knew that she wasn't going to get her baby brother. And that Mm -hmm. was heartbreaking. Um, but we went back that night and we got induced and, um, he came, I I think like within six, seven hours of when we started induction and, um, we invited every, like we kind of invited everybody. It was, it was thankfully before the pandemic. So people actually could come Mm -hmm. and visit. Um, but people were, um, it was really tender. Um, so he was born at like two in the morning and so it was dark and quiet and we got to spend some time with him and that was really hard. And, um, yeah, it just rocks your world. You're just like, what is, why this is, this is not, this is not how my life was supposed to be. This is not how this was supposed to turn out. And so, um, yeah, so that's his birth and we, we feel so honored to be able to talk about him. So thank you again for this opportunity. Like it, anytime I get to talk about him is like kind of a fun thing to do. Um, even though there's always a, a tinge of sadness to it. Um, but yeah, we feel like he is, um, he's part of our family. He's always going to be a part of our family. And yeah, so it's really sucked (laughs) since then. Um, but that has been, that's, that's basically his story. Yeah. We have really just enjoyed having to be able to talk about him. How you said he was going to, he's going to be five or about to be five this year. Yeah. Um, How do you honor him? We do actually a number of things. And, um, I know that you guys always ask for kind of tips and thoughts about how to help. Um, but if you're a lost mom, this is one thing that I've noticed is that you just, when you honor, when you're like planning for that birthday, right. Mm -hmm. Or the death day or whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. for your family, I always say, don't plan too much because you just don't know how, what kind of emotions are going to overwhelm you that day or be fine. Like it's totally, it could be so surprising to you how things turn out that day. So, um, so this year we actually have, we're talking about it. His birthday's in July. So in the middle of July and, um, we're like, he's going to be five. He would be going into kindergarten and that feels like it might be kind of harder this year because school's a big deal in our family. We have done a lot of school, both of us. And so it was like, oh, he's not going to be able to go to school. That makes me really sad. And so we might be doing some raising money for our our local school that our daughter goes to or something like that, but haven't really decided because once again, I, if we put too much on it, then it feels like it's a big disappointment when it doesn't work out. I don't know. It's kind of one of those, like, don't have too many, too too high of expectation or else you're going to get disappointed. That's just what it seems like for me anyway. But we, oh, go ahead. No, no, please. You, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to just mention that, um, the first year, like, um, we felt because I have this, we have this podcasting background. I really was like, 
I need to re I just remember being in the hospital and I was holding him and I was like, I need to, re we need to record a story. Like mm -hmm. we just need to get it down just so that we have it for our family's legacy, our family history. And I just felt really strongly. And my husband's like, Whoa, what? <laughs> like he was like, I'm, I'm kind of a jump into things. Like, let's do it. Let's do all the things. And he's like, okay, let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, he's a good sport. He, um, he's like, okay, well, let's talk about it later. And, and sure enough, like we started talking about it about nine months after his death and about maybe doing a podcast specifically about stillbirth and infant loss and what that would look like. And we're like, oh, we could give advice and that type of thing. And so, um, we started a podcast called still a part of us and launched it on his birthday, his first birthday. And, um, we just basically invite people who have had a loss and they tell their birth story. Cause nobody gets to tell their birth story. I mean, like I, like I was listening to some of your episodes and you guys got to tell your birth stories about your babies. And I was yeah. like, that's fun. Like mm -hmm. it's fun to talk about your baby's birth and like, Oh, I did this and I did this and, or oh, this was terrible. This was great. And you, nobody asks, nobody asks when you have a lost baby. Um, and so we, uh, we ask, that's what we do on our podcast. And so they just talk about, um, yeah, they just talk mainly about, uh, what happened from pregnancy all the way to a funeral if they have it. And that sounds terrible to have a funeral, but that's, um, that's what we go through with that. Yeah. So that's what we did for his first birthday. And it's been, um, it's been a real blessing because we've got to meet so many cool wonderful, funny, heart-wrenching story. I meet these people that have heart-wrenching stories. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that I, I, I love that you're doing that. I think that you hit it right where I wanted it to be hit in, in this podcast is to have that forum to have mothers that have had that stillborn, you know, to have that forum and outlet to be able to speak about it. And I think what would your advice be as a friend, you know, a friend or family member trying to support you um, when it first happens? What kind of support did you want and what kind of support did not, did you not want? And also understanding, we also understand everybody grieves differently. Absolutely. So, so for you specifically. Your own specific, yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, I would say the things that really stood out to me um, were the times when people just showed up. And so, so let me kind of explain, this is the tricky thing. And I would maybe just recommend if you are a friend trying to help somebody that's going through this is that just show up. Don't ask them what, if you need anything, let me know. If you, um, um, just call me, you know, anything that puts the onus back on the lost parent, um, makes it so, hard for the lost parent because they're like trying to deal with all these emotions and are grieving and don't want to eat or they don't want to shower or they don't want to do all these things like because that's how, how we felt but when people would show up with a meal um if people would show up with a treat um if somebody would send a text message and just say hey just thinking about you um, that was awesome. Um, I'm on a side note, if you do text somebody, cause they, there's a good chance that if they have a loss, they're going to be inundated with messages, tons and tons of messages, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. text messages, Facebook messages, whatever, Instagram messages. Um, but, uh, you can take off that pressure t by telling the person like, 
hey, I'm thinking about you. I'll stop by on this day, whatever. You don't need to respond back to this text message. Just like, once again, taking off the that pressure for them to like respond back hmm. and explain everything that happened. And um, that was that was a big deal when those people did that. Like, I just remember a friend, he's like, hey, I heard about what happened. I'm so sorry. Um, we'll be at the funeral. You don't have to respond back. And I was like, thank goodness. This is like the best message because I like I saved it because it was like, thank you for not making me respond back because I don't want to respond back. And when you get hundreds of hundreds of text messages and you're like a Chinese person like me and you have to like make sure that you respond back to people or write a thank you note or whatever, then you're just like, oh my gosh, I, I can't, I can't, I just can't. And mm -hmm. then you shut down and then you stop doing anything. So, so just taking that pressure off is okay. super, super helpful. One um, less thing yeah. to do, one less decision to make. Yes, completely. Mm -hmm. Just <laughs> cause they're not going to think about it. Um, and then I know that you guys are pretty honest about a lot of, I mean, what you guys talk about here is super fun and super open and real talk. Um, so one of the things that I like to point out to everybody is that um, a mom has just had a baby and still has all the postpartum stuff, all yeah. of it. She has either, you know, she might have a tear. She is still bleeding. She might have a C-section and it has stitches and can't, get up and pick up things and that type of thing. And she is also having milk come in. And that mm -hmm. is the worst thing ever. Cause it's just another reminder that your baby's not there to, you know, have some milk. <laughs> and also and so, you're dealing with the hormonal stuff as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's all there and it's so, it's so brutal. And so that, there's a lot of attention on moms. So that's always so good to pay attention. But if you are a close girlfriend or a, a sister or a mom or something, somebody that has this kind of relationship. Um, I have a few things that I would recommend buying for them. <laughs> um, like little ice packs that are like this, you know, the size of a right on a boob. Mm. Those are great. Cause you want to bring down the pressure there. Any sports bras that are a little tighter to compress the, the breast milk and uh, cabbage. You guys, I know cabbage sounds like so weird, no, well, I used but it. like it, it does. It breast milk. Yeah. Did you do it? Yeah. I when it I tried you out. And so, mastitis. Yeah. I did yeah. when I stopped. I had to stop breastfeeding and I, that's what when I you, did. Yeah. It works. Yeah. yeah. It works. And so as funny as that sounds, and it does help. Um, I always like. This is funny, but I chop it in half and then stick it in the freezer because then the leaves are perfectly boob shaped and you just put it right on and it's perfect. <laughs> so I know that. Uh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, it, it just is kind of some reminders that it's not fun yeah. to have that. And then obviously Tylenol and ibuprofen to help with pain and that type of thing. So um, but just remember that that's kind of some of the things that she's going to be dealing with. And you can buy those things and just like slip in a little care package and say, you might need these <laughs> for a couple of days after you get back from the hospital. And yeah, they will appreciate it. They, they might not write you a thank you card for it, but they might, they'll appreciate it. <laughs> how, um, how did you deal with the grief and all of that and also raising your daughter at the same time? I know you had to, you know, grieve and move on and work with her. And how was that? Yeah, I, oh yeah, Lucy was, um, 
she just didn't understand. She, she wasn't completely aware of what was going on. Mm -hmm. And so we just made sure we spent time with her. Um, he was born July 23rd. And so her school started in September. So we kind of just took time off. Thankfully, my work was great. Mm -hmm. Um, my husband's work was great to be able to give us time off. And we ended up, um, taking that time and spending a lot of time with her, um, obviously being sad and visiting the grave a lot. Cause we did have him buried. We didn't have him cremated, but we had him buried. And so she got to know him that way, but it was really nice having our daughter because we did have to kind of move forward. Like, mm -hmm. so she wouldn't be like, what's happening? Like I need food. <laughs> I need <laughs> somebody to cuddle me at night. And that was super helpful to have her. Honestly, I, I don't want to imagine having that uh, loss be my first one that right. just, cause then you're just like, okay, I'm going to sit around and just be really sad all day. Like I think I would, yeah, I would kind of go a little crazy. So, so Lucy was a help, helped heal you then she helps you focus on yeah. her and love her. And you know, that, yeah. that was a good way that, helped you heal in a way. Exactly. She's, I mean, you do have to keep your children alive. So that was helpful. <laughs> that, that bit of a goal, like once again, I'm a kind of a goal oriented person. So I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta bathe her. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> like, yeah. I, can, yeah. Can you tell us about your third and how that, um, how you decided or how the third came about? Yeah, I, um, I was, feeling once again, I'm kind of a go-getter and I yeah. was in the hospital and I was like, I we need to have another baby. And maybe it was because of the hormones and needing to nurture, right? Like there's that in like, I'm not a natural nurturer. So I'm like, I'm sure it's the hormones. <laughs> so it was <laughs> like, but I feel like we need to have another baby. And so Lee was like very hesitant because he was crushed. And, um, this is the other, I'll give another tip. If you are supporting a lost parent, there's a lost dad involved too. And a lot of people forget the dads. Um, so make sure you I include them, tip. make sure that they yeah. know they're thought they're needed as well. They might not talk as much, but you know, you can go bring them a Coke or something and <laughs> something to let them know that you are, um, aware of what they're going through too, because, um, they feel completely helpless. Like Lee, was has basically PTSD from the birth and and so but just remember the dads they're they're there too um but he was very hesitant about having another baby because he just was like I don't think I can go through that again and we went through therapy together as a couple and that was super helpful because they just helped us walk through like you have a support system people took care of you and if that does happen in, which would be horrible, people took care of you. And um, we are we are religious, and so we we prayed about it and finally felt like after a couple of years that we were maybe ready to to try again, which once again was concerning to me because I was 43 at the time. You know, <laughs> like I'm like, hey, I'm even more geriatric. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and then, of course, I went to a stillbirth like he's a stillbirth, uh, maternal fetal medicine, like specialist. And he just kept making fun of me. He's like, why are you so worried about this? And I was like, cause I just had a stillbirth. Why would I not yeah. be worried about this? And he just, 
he just tried to keep reassuring us, but I was like, stop being a jerk about this. I'm like so paranoid about this child. And I would say that when we got pregnant, it was like, okay, we're not going to tell anybody. We really didn't. You guys, we really did not tell anybody wow. except for our families. And then that was after just because uh, we're like, we need you guys to send us good vibes, pray for our children, like do all the things so that we can get this baby here. And so we were pregnant and I, this is, I would love to give some advice for people that have, um, are supporting somebody that has a loss and maybe they're now pregnant with their, their mm -hmm. baby after yeah. the loss is that mm -hmm. you just don't think it's like, Oh, you're pregnant. That's wonderful. That's great. Now you can move on. Okay. So don't do that. So don't say that. Like, that's not, mm, that is not great. Do not say that. And, um, they are not going, it's not a replacement baby. It feels mm -hmm. like that to a lot of people. So it's not a replacement baby. Felix is his own person and I appreciate him for that. Um, and, and it feels like you are holding your breath for like nine months. Yeah. You just are waiting for that baby to come. Cause like I, I lost my baby at when he was full term and that, once again, you can, it can happen anytime and you just don't think it's going to happen to you. So, um, we held our breath for nine months and then when he came, we cried <laughs> in the delivery room and that was a really sweet moment. Um, but yeah, that's, it's hard. <laughs> it's not a walk in the park, even though you're so excited for this new baby. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I know during, you know, it, we all grief and we all, we have the way we express grief and the way we kind of weave in and out of it is different for all of us. Um, this is a deep grief as a mother losing her child, you know, in the beginning, obviously it's one of the deepest hurts. Losing a child period is one of the biggest pains in life. I feel that anyone who's lost a child, uh, either it be at birth or during their lifetime. It's one of the hardest things to deal with. Is there anything, or let me back up. Was there, what, was there a moment the first time you smiled? What would you remember that moment and how you got to that moment? The first time you kind of got from that deepness of your sorrow, do you remember the moment that brought you out to smile and, and how that made you feel and how long did that take for you? Yeah, I, yeah, that, that's actually really tricky because, um, so I, uh, I kind of two experiences that helped, reminded me of when I kind of started to smile or started to laugh again. Um, the first time actually was in the hospital room after we had, uh, it was probably like two days after or one day after he was born and, um, Lee's grandparents came and they are so deaf um, they both have hearing aids and they've been married for, I don't know, 60 years or something. And, um, uh, uh, Lee's grandfather is a kind of a Wyoming cowboy and, um, his wife is constantly trying to like, Oh, Jim, don't say that. Don't, you know, like trying to <laughs> get him to yeah. not say certain things. And he's sitting there and he's sitting there. Oh, like, did they check his did they check his um, GI tract? Because usually if they die, it's usually because of the GI tract. I mean, like, so he's saying this to us while they're, they're visiting us. And grandma is sitting there totally mortified. Just like, oh, Jim, stop saying that. Oh, it's not. No, stop saying that. Like, and both Lee and I were just cracking up because this is so 
so typical of them and their relationship and how sweet it was that they were there um, kind of arguing about this and like doing their like spouse bickering that is pretty typical for them. And so we, we had a good little giggle about that. And it is actually one of our fondest memories because we actually named Brandon after um, that family, their, their last name, just because it's a, um, we love that family. We love grandma and grandpa and just who they are. And so, um, so we did giggle about that and, and had a little bit of a light time, I guess. I don't know if that makes any sense, but we did have, we were able to have, um, a chuckle about that and how families are families the way, regardless of what situation is happening. Um, and then just a couple of weeks, uh, uh, like a month, half later, um, uh, we took a little trip, um, as a family to a, a nearby lake and just take a few days. And Lucy got to play in the, in the lake and it was, it was lovely. And, um, we just had a nice time and we're able to like, you know, grab raspberry shakes and, and play in the sand and build forts and do silly things and watch movies and, and be parents to Lucy instead of being parents to a baby we lost only. Um, and, and that was really nice to kind of remember that, oh yeah, we are people of that are fun and we have a lot of fun. Yeah. We, we have a lot of joy. We have a lot of fun and, um, to be up there at the lake and not be at home sometimes. Cause home is sometimes a reminder that you don't have a baby cause you have maybe a crib still set up or clothes that are, we're ready for the baby. Um, so it's nice to take yourself out of that situation sometimes. So, so yeah, those are the couple of times that I remember kind of laughing and, and feeling a little bit okay about things. Um, that we were going to live. That was, I was like, am I going to live through this? And I was like, yeah, we'll live through this. But those were a couple of times that reminded us of who we were and that we have joy in our, uh, in us. So that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Do you want to ask her three questions or do you? Yeah. So each guest, we ask three questions. Um, Yes. (laughs) The, First question is name something that's in your purse and what it says about you. Okay. (laughs) I have a pair of um, earbuds in my purse at all times. Um, Mm -hmm. And just because I listen to podcasts, people listen to music and I am like, I'm not that person. I listen to podcasts. I listen to audiobooks and podcasts <laughs> all the time. And I think that's probably very yeah clear about who I am. Like when I go on a walk, people are like, Oh yeah, I turn off my, I, I don't listen to anything. And I just think about things and I was like, that's weird. Okay. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> so once again, it, it, it does. I think it says a little bit about like how kind of I'm like, Oh, let's go, go, go. And, and, like consume and like learn and all the things, you know, <laughs> so that's, you're cool. That's what I would say. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. And, and you'd rather listen to us talk about dry vaginas and tore up vaginas exactly. than you two, you know, exactly. Like, it, exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to listen to the music. It's fine. My husband can do that. <laughs> um, so the second one is, can you tell us any, something that inspires you? I, uh, Oh, let me think. There's a lot of things that inspire me. Huh? Yeah, you can tell us all of them too. Oh, you don't have to name things. just one. 
No hierarchy okay. here. Just yeah. what comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> um. So obviously the uh, the parents that come on our podcast inspire me because they're just like doing their thing. They're just being awesome. And then I I love reading, or I guess I listen to audiobooks, but there's a ton of authors that just really super inspire me. Like Brene Brown, she's awesome and is like super inspiring, super helpful. Um, And I just think of some of the people that are close to me in my family that are pretty inspiring. Like my mother-in-law is the best. And I think she, she inspires me all the time to do, do better and, and uh, just move forward. My sister's awesome. Um, Yeah. I'm, I really am in like, surrounded I by a lot of inspiring people. All women. Yeah. Well, cause yeah, they're mm-hmm. inspiring. <laughs> yeah. They're your pillars. You know, we all have to have those pillars of yep. life. It's great. Yep. Our third question is name one of your mom, like fuck up moments and what you learned oh. from it. Like anyone that sticks out, we all have that one. Like, Oh God, why did I do that? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Let me think. I really screw up my daughter so much. Um, <laughs> like, that's why I'm like, well, which one should we choose today? Station. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, um, so I, um, oh gosh, I'm just trying to think of one that is very specific. I think it was probably the first time I like spanked Lucy. Mm. I'm just thinking, just re- uh, I guess that was a little while ago. That was a while ago. Um, but I spanked Lucy and she had a bear bum cause she was like getting out of the shower and throwing a tantrum. And I spanked her. I was like, no, you don't act that way. I spanked her. And then she would not forgive me after that forever and ever. And I was like, Oh, I don't like, I got spanked when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, so I was like, Oh yeah, we spank kids. You yeah. got to do it sometimes. She does not, she does not react to that type of punishment. So we, I learned something that day about not spanking her in particular. So (laughs) that was not, not, not a terrible screw up, I guess. Just, I just learned something about her specifically. Yeah. It's that we, we, like we talk about on episode five, it's, it's what's instilled in us. It's like an actual subconscious reaction to this is how you deal with it. If you're not. Yeah you're in the moment and you're not yourself and you're flustered. Like it's real, you know, it it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And you just react and you're like, that's not what I wanted to do. And she was so sad. And I was like, this is the worst ever. I know it is. Oh yeah. Well, thank you for that was a pretty intimate one and a hard one to admit. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Very much. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Well, is there, is there anything else you would like to share? Um, any organizations you like supporting and, you know, your uh, websites you have or anything that you, we could connect people that need your, re- the resources that you recommend. We would love for you to share that and we'll share it as well on our, on our yeah. description of our podcast. Thank you. I, um, so once again, you can find us, it's, it's called still a part of us and, um, well, you can find us on all podcasts, uh, streaming services, whatever you listen, whatever you listen on. And, um, you can find us on YouTube as well. We actually interview and record the 
the people that we're interviewing and and we also throw in some pictures because parents are really excited to share pictures too of their babies mm-hmm. and they don't often get to do that. So I was like, oh, you guys are doing it right and doing a video podcast. That's a smart idea. <laughs> so I was like, it's essentially what we're doing there too. So, um, so yeah. Um, and then I love if you ever get a chance to check it out is um, Share Parents. Um, they have a lot of national chapters and they usually go into the different hospitals. They help, uh, they help work with, um, lost parents so they can get the hand molds for the babies or handprints. Um, and they try and help set up photographers if they need to with now I lay me down to sleep. That's a, a photography, um, service that people Mm -hmm. can be involved in, um, so I think those both both those organizations are awesome because they just do a, a, such a good job of trying to serve their local chapters, local people. Um, yeah, and yeah, I just can't say enough about this this cool community that we never really hope to ever 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 be in. So, but they are supportive and kind and um, f- wonderful, fun people that are in a bad situation. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I I'm so proud that. F- of you, just knowing you these last couple times I've been able to talk to you. And I feel so, um, what a blessing that you have this forum that might have not been there even five years ago, you know, to, to have that space for people to, it's a therapy session and it's a real one because you're not just talking to somebody that has not experienced your feelings. You're talking to people that you guys understand exactly what you're feeling. And I think when you're going through something that hard, that's exactly what you need. You need to talk to somebody to say, I know that how that feels and I'm still feeling it. And we're doing this together. And I think that, Oh my gosh, this, thank you for having that for, for others. That's a beauty, beautiful thing to have offered in your life and to all these other people. So thank you. Yeah, that's what we hope to do is be able to help others like we've been helped along the way and and honor our son too. So that's so thank you for letting me come on and it yeah. is I'm glad I was able to I I hope there was you guys like I said you guys do some real talk stuff and I really appreciate that cuz we don't talk about these kind of things mm-hmm. and um I yeah, I I thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and we hope to have you on again at some yeah. point and check we'll check in with you and you know okay. we'll support you as well. Thank you very much. And the advice you gave Thank you. there were so many tidbits that I didn't realize and it was eye opening too as a reminder for anyone that's grieving too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well thank you so thank much, you. Winter. Thanks, Winter. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.